Welcome, friends. I'm Janine, and this is my podcast, Quest for You. This is episode 548, and as you can see from the title of this episode, this is going to be a different episode. First of all, I'm glad you are here, because this is a very important episode. It's one that I hadn't planned on. In fact, I literally prepared it over the last two days. And this is also why this episode is late, because I've been working on it for two days straight. I was going to release it last night and just didn't feel it was ready yet. So it is coming out tonight on a Wednesday. You'll have it tomorrow on a Thursday, and this will probably be it for the week. I will probably not have another episode for you on Friday just because of everything that's going on and that's consuming my time. As you know, I'm not big on social media. Instagram is my social media of choice, but I have spent more time on Twitter in the last few days than I have since I signed up for Twitter, which was years ago. So with that said, I was going to bring you an amazing interview with an equally amazing person this week, but that will have to wait. I felt that today's episode was necessary. I usually share the things that are on my mind with you because they are at the same time something that I feel is important and that brings me growth and leads to more wisdom. If there is something we think about a lot, I like to say that something is calling on us. And to me, that means that there is an action that is required. And that action may be as simple as writing out our thoughts or as complicated as apologizing to someone. Writing always brings me clarity. It helps me bring order to the clutter that is often present in my mind. And today's episode comes from a need that I feel to share information about the coronavirus with you. I do want to bring some clarity to my mind as well in this episode certainly helped me do this. Working on it for two days has brought me a lot of clarity and understanding about the situation that we're dealing with. But more importantly, I want to contribute to this topic that I know is currently on everyone's mind. Because honestly, I do get slightly annoyed when I look at my inbox these days or at my podcast feed. Not that everyone needs to be talking about the coronavirus, but if we are creators of products or services or content as I am, I don't think we should pretend as if nothing is going on. Amazon shouldn't try to sell me more light bulbs just because I bought some yesterday. They should try to look at what I might be needing now based on past purchases and current events and situations. And podcast creators should do the same. And I'm just as guilty. There have been many emergency situations that I have ignored because I had nothing to say. But today I realize it's okay to have nothing to say that relates exactly to the event. But we can always find something related. I listened to a podcast the other day where the host interviewed an author who wrote a book about how these viruses originate. It was totally informative. The book was written a couple of years ago, so there was no mention of the coronavirus, but the information was still 
helpful and applicable to the current situation. I do not want to add to the worry. Trust me, I don't like to worry and I usually don't worry. I stay informed, but I don't fret much. I didn't worry when the news about mad cow's disease or Ebola or SARS spread. Even H1N1, which was highly infectious, didn't really lift me too much. I'm not super concerned about global warming for my lifetime, and I also wasn't extremely worried about the recent wildfires we had here in California. I somehow trusted things would be okay. I followed the news at the time, but I also knew when to turn it off or tune it out. I wasn't alarmed, but this time I am. And I want to tell you why this time is different. You don't have to join me in my reasoning. But with this episode, I also want to reach to those that are still in denial of the severity of the problem that we are facing. So here is why I am recording this episode. One, people I respect and follow are alarmed. This may not strike you as a valid reason initially, but it was to me. And it started when people that I didn't expect to be alarmed were alarmed. Tim Ferriss, a podcast that I have been following for a long time. He was one of the first podcasters that I listened to when I started listening to podcasts. And whose reasoning, whose logic, have always admired. Sam Harris is another podcaster who I respect. I don't necessarily share all his opinions, but I highly respect what he has to say. He expressed his alarm. And a few good friends of mine with whom I have spoken and whose opinions I also highly respect. These few people, when I started researching, led me to their sources of well-respected experts who communicated their concerns. This then gave me more reasons to be concerned. I trust the people I follow in the first place because of their decision-making. So logically, I trust the sources they use to make their decisions. The second reason that gives me concern is that I see a rising trend in different forms of diseases spreading over the last couple of decades. SARS, mad cow disease were not too long ago. And although I wasn't concerned then, the fact that we have yet another respiratory virus spreading across the globe is alarming to me. Which brings me to the third reason, the speed and the severity of COVID-19. As I'm recording this episode, I'm looking at my computer screen and there are 126,000 cases of this virus that resulted in 4,621 deaths. This is as of March 11th in the evening. Here's a quick timeline of how this all began. On December 31st, the government of China publicly announced that it was treating several cases, which later was reported due to a new virus. On January 11th, China reported its first known death. And on January 20th, other countries, including the U.S., confirmed cases. This is why I'm concerned. Now, on the other hand, after some reading and researching, I feel slightly calmed by scientific reports that foretell that this virus is only so threatening because it's novel, and that over time its symptoms will weaken, 
to that of a regular cult. But the concern is, what will it do in the meantime? Currently, if you calculate a death rate based on the numbers I just gave you, it is extremely high. As you know, I've been listening to and reading from experts over the last few days, and the prognosis varies. But there seems to be a consensus that around 50% of the US population may get infected, and the death rate will be around 1% once we learn of more cases. It's really high right now just because we don't know of a lot of cases. But once we learn of more cases, that rate will come down and it seems to be settling around 1%. But if you think about it, in a population of 340 million people here in the US, in a mortality rate of 1%, this would mean 1.7 million people dead, which is enormous if you think about it. And that is why today I want to do my part, as minute as it may seem, to bring some visibility to you, my audience. I don't want to just publish another episode. I want to contribute in a meaningful way. And that should be everyone's goal. With our products and services and our content, we should try to add value to people's lives. And this is what I want to attempt today. Let me start out by saying that I am not an expert and therefore I will keep scientific information to a minimum, but I want to give you information that is helpful and that gives you a little bit more clarity and direction and most importantly, information that you can take action on. A goal that I have with every single one of my episodes. If you don't subscribe to my newsletter, please do so. You can sign up on my homepage by scrolling to the bottom. I just released it on Monday. I publish it every other Monday. It also touched briefly on the virus because over the weekend is when I started getting very concerned about it. So let's get to it. I have three very important recommendations for all of us today. You may already follow them. That's great. But if not, please strongly consider them. There's very little you have to lose by doing so, but a lot if you don't and you get infected. Number one, stay informed via reliable news sources. This requires a little bit of effort. This goes beyond just your local TV channels and your default news source on the internet. In fact, I wouldn't even recommend them. I never watch television and a friend told me that he got anxiety at all the hype that these stations created, reporting the same thing over and over again, and every time it was just a little bit worse. I recommend you start with people you respect, like I did, and then ask them where they get their sources. I haven't been on Twitter in months, like I told you, but for this purpose, Twitter was actually helpful. I looked for the Tim Ferrisses of the world, and I looked to see who they follow. I looked for posts from specialists in the field, MDs, researchers, scientific journalists, biologists, etc. I spoke to friends that are in the medical field. Listen to and read what they are saying. Look for a logical explanation for their concerns. Don't just follow the hype. I try to stay away from extreme views. I listened to a podcast today where the host claims that it's all just something the media created to make money and that we don't have to worry about anything. It's just like another flu. 
And then there's the other side with people claiming that tomorrow we will all be infected and die. I think we are walking a fine line between invoking panic and being proactively prepared. And I am on the ladder. I want to be proactively prepared. And for that, I have to be cautiously concerned. You don't have to do that. You could be on the cautiously optimistic side. But I don't think either extreme is helpful. Cautious is the key because it will trigger you to make more mindful decisions. Start to look at the data that we have, even though it may not be a complete picture. Then draw your conclusions. We should always be informed, but right now it's particularly important because it will help us make good decisions. In the show notes of this episode... I have a list of links to sources that I have used both to inform myself and, in general, to prepare for this episode. Feel free to use them. And I want to summarize just very briefly what I know that is true about the coronavirus in a few bullets. But you also should do your own research. But in case you haven't or you feel like you're drowning in all the news out there, here are what I believe are the most critical facts. COVID-19 is an infectious disease caused by a virus in the coronavirus family. Now, coronaviruses are named for the crown-like spikes that they have on their surface. There are four main subgroupings of coronaviruses known as alpha, beta, gamma, and delta. Human coronaviruses were first identified in the mid-1960s. And there are seven coronaviruses that can infect people including SARS, which is one of them. Sometimes coronaviruses that infect animals can evolve and make people sick and become a new human coronavirus. COVID-19 is an example of that, and SARS was as well. COVID-19 is a respiratory virus that was first discovered in Wuhan, China. The typical incubation period is three days, but it may extend up to 14 days. It's highly contagious, and as of right now, there is no cure. Symptoms of COVID-19 commonly include fever, coughing, and tiredness. Some patients also experience aching, nasal congestions, runny nose, sore throat, or diarrhea. And if you have any of these symptoms, err on the side of caution and stay home. Communicate with your doctor from home before going to the hospital. COVID-19 is spread through contact with other infected individuals. The virus spreads when a person that is infected coughs or exhales, releasing droplets into the air and onto surrounding surfaces. People can catch it by breathing in these droplets or by touching an infected surface and then touching their eyes, nose and mouth. It is not an airborne virus. Keep this in mind. And it's also very easily deactivated with regular household cleaners. But the best way to reduce the spread of the virus is to reduce connectivity. Which brings me to my second critical recommendation. Take all the precautions you can. This is just as much of a warning for you as it is for me. I'm the first one to ignore every health warning because I think I'm healthy and I also have that nonchalant approach that I sometimes hear from others out there too. If it happens, it happens. Well, that's just stupid and frankly irresponsible. 
because even though I could potentially survive an infection, doesn't mean that the people I come in contact with can. The math is very simple. If we reduce contact between people, the rate of infection will decrease. By isolating those who are sick or likely to become sick, because of contacts they have had, we can reduce the rate of new cases. I will talk more about isolation in my third recommendation, but for now, please take this seriously. If you feel unwell, even if you consider it minor, please stay home. This is currently more important than turning in some kind of report at work or looking good for showing up. This is not just about you. It's about everyone else you come in contact with. In addition, please do not underestimate the following precautions. I did initially as well, but I work in an office with many others. And all day we touch the same handles, buttons and equipment. So please follow these guidelines. Wash your hands thoroughly and frequently. And yes, they will feel dry, mine do, but that's again just a minor inconvenience. In absence of soap and water, you can use sanitizer or wipes that can kill viruses. My employer left wipes at everyone's desk. You can ask for the same at your company if it's not provided. And between the hand washings, avoid touching your eyes, nose and mouth to keep viruses from entering your body. A physician friend told me that we touch our face thousands of times throughout the day, mostly unknowingly. At his recommendation, I ordered a washable cotton mask yesterday. This will not necessarily prevent the virus if someone sneezes directly into my face, but that's highly unlikely. What is much more likely is that I touch my face or nose after having touched a hundred other potentially infected surfaces. The mask will help me with that. Again, it's a simple preventative measure that isn't costly. I would avoid handshakes and other personal contact with others. And then create a layer between you and those common surfaces. I use paper towels to open doors. I also started using latex gloves at work when I touch elevator buttons or sit in meetings. In general, we have to become much more aware of our surroundings. We do so many things without thinking much. This has changed, especially when we are not at home. Stores, train stations, gas stations, gyms, restaurants, doctor offices, our workplaces. We have to be mindful in those public places, which brings me to my third recommendation. We need to be proactive. Let me be clear. I'm not saying that we should panic. I simply recommend being proactive. Taking all the facts I have just listed into consideration, there is a very simple conclusion that I draw. We have to think ahead and take ownership and help prevent this disease from spreading. As much as it pains me to say this, especially now, as I'm discovering the power of connection, mainly through my interviews, we need to isolate for a little while, as much as we can. Because no matter how often I wash my hands at work, I cannot avoid touching something someone else touched or the other way around. I've reflected on some of the touches that I do at work today. In the morning, I handed my laptop to my IT guy because he had to do an update. There goes a double touch. I gave it to him and he grabbed it. And then we had some amazing cheesecake brought in someone's birthday. 
and I took a paper plate and a fork that the person who organized the little celebration gave me. There goes another double touch. I opened the fridge to get my lunch out right after someone else had gotten theirs out. I can go on and on. I don't have to worry about any of this when I'm at home. And the term that you have probably now also heard that has really spread over the last couple of days is social distancing. Since we are the ones spreading the disease, we need to become aware of this every time we are around other humans. In China, people are standing a meter and a half apart when waiting a line. Italy is in lockdown. Large businesses like Amazon are closing their offices and people work from home. I've talked to several of my friends. They're all working from home. The first measure every country and organization is taking is isolation or quarantine. We don't have to wait for an outbreak in our neighborhood. We can do this proactively now. Here's what I have done starting this past weekend. And you can maybe use some of these tips for your own life. I stocked up on food, especially pantry items like canned soup. I only shop for groceries once a week anyway, but I want to minimize my trips to any public place as much as possible. I also don't eat out much, and if you do, I would reconsider as you don't know the people that are preparing your food. I don't have any travel planned, and if you do, I would cancel them. I rethink all the trips, and I only go if absolutely necessary. The only place other than work I still go is my gym. But I try to go during the times when it's less crowded, and I literally have wet wipes in my hands the entire time, and I clean everything, and I wash my hands several times. I don't use the shower facilities there anymore. I go home to shower. I... I'm not going to the climbing gym because the climbing gym is all about touching holds. Not a good idea. And if you don't have to go to the office, I wouldn't go. I'm still going tomorrow, Thursday, but on Friday, I'm probably working from home. I think this week I dodged several meetings like Toastmasters and another meetup that I had signed up for. Last weekend, I also stayed home except for my meeting with my rehearsal group. This is a great time to catch up on your reading and other projects you've been wanting to do. If you have a business, conduct your meetings via Zoom and get plenty of sleep and take care of yourself. A healthy body is more resistant to adverse environments. I want to end this episode with a couple of thoughts that I would like for you to take into consideration. Aside from all the practical recommendations that I gave you. You don't have much to lose by following some very basic precautions. Will you look a little strange with latex gloves or a face mask on? So what? Remember, we're not just protecting ourselves, we're also preventing the virus from spreading. And if this turns out that it's not such a big problem as it was anticipated, great! Again, what did you lose? Nothing. Maybe a hug or a meeting. But some of the most important meetings are being cancelled anyway. Governments closing down countries. Games are being cancelled. Concerts are being cancelled and moved out. So the decisions are already being made for us. And if entire countries are shutting down, I would start taking this as a hint 
to personally do the same. Again, what do you have to lose? I keep saying this because really, that's the question we should be asking. I hear some of my friends complaining that they're locked up at home and I tell them, you are not locked up. You can go for a nice walk in the woods somewhere or in a park. You can sit on your balcony and read a book. You can get into your car and drive around. It could be so much worse where we'd be really confined to our apartment or our house. And if you're still struggling and think this is all just a bunch of hype, consider this a dress rehearsal. With that I mean, this is not the last virus or otherwise challenging environmental situation that we will face. When we had power outages here in California last year, we were in a very similar emergency situation. Stores were closed, offices were closed, we had to stay home and some of us didn't have power, which I think is worse. These kinds of events will continue to occur and the better we are prepared, the better we can handle them. And it's not just about stocking up on food and toilet paper. This is also about being emotionally prepared. Learning how to handle unexpected changes without freaking out. Being able to adapt effortlessly. Knowing what is most important and being able to make swift decisions. Events like these challenge us to get our ducks in a row in terms of our finances and our health. Keep your body healthy and it will be able to withstand more. For example, I've trained my body to be okay without food for many hours through fasting. If there's ever a shortage of food, I know I can ration my food. You don't have to fast, but start thinking about emergency situations more often before they occur. The Stoics have taught us this, but they also went through uncertain times more frequently. Our lives are comfortable, and we rarely have to worry about where our next meal comes from. So start thinking about where you are relying on the outside to keep you alive and start playing with scenarios where those sources are suddenly gone. Electricity and water, fresh air, food and transportation. The things that we constantly rely on, some of them, there's little we can do, but others, we can imagine what would be a plan B. What would be your backup plan? Can you survive when some basics are gone? My outdoors adventures over the summer have taught me that I can live just fine with the minimal basics, including missing a shower for a couple of days. What if this morning was your last shower for a while? If this virus goes away tomorrow, don't turn around and say, I knew it was just a hype. Go and see what you have learned for the next emergency. Find gaps, prepare better, go to the gym, connect with people you haven't spoken to in a while, do what you need to do to be better prepared next time. There's something we all can do, no matter what happens tomorrow. And with that, I will leave you. Trust me, I could go on and on. I have so many browser tabs open on my computer with information, but I wanted to give you this basic information and these recommendations. And... Please, do your part in this. Stay informed and isolate yourself a little bit. I'm not a big fan. We live in a great time. We have technology at our fingertips and we can stay connected to the world even while we're locked up in our houses. With that, I wish you all that you are safe. Remember, 
It can largely depend on you as of right now. Much love. Until next time.